Hey guys, remember us? We're Andre and Zach, and this hey. is the A to Z podcast. At Akron Jackson, at Dre Not on most of your favorite social media platforms. Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Shouts as always to Blue Wire, to our longtime friends and sponsor, American Fireworks. They're in Hudson. They're always open at AmericanFireworks.com. Um, I understand it's snowing back on the home front. It's yeah, supposed where you to be? be spring, right? How did you leave and I came back to this shit? And by the way, yeah. sometimes we use words that are inappropriate or not well for kids. But after my trip to Arizona, my kids have heard every single word. And I've had a conversation <laughs> with them about every single cuss word. So uh, I don't even know if I need to say this anymore. My kids know, the kids know words I don't even know anymore. Yeah, it's quite a world. But yeah, so Andre was at spring training with his family. He's back. Um, I am in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. At the NFL owners meetings. Smelling like money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Breakers is not normally where I hang out. I have now. <laughs> That's not where you times. go. <laughs> you don't go to the Breakers. Um, just let me say this before we get into this. So, um, you know, it's just been such a weird couple of years in sports. And I got to meet Kevin Stefanski away from microphones and football talk for like 15 minutes two years ago. And yeah. then it went away. And until the Deshaun Watson press conference, which we're obviously going to get to, Dre, I had not been inside the Browns facility in over two years. It's just how it went. So this morning, uh, a couple things happened. One, we're making our way around the breakers, and we just completely randomly, accidentally ran into Kevin Stefanski and his family at the meetings and you know got to meet his wife and his kids and just BS for not even five minutes. And that's just such progress in what I do, right? Because you, right. you have to have some sort of human relationship with to do this job right. You do, yes, yes. yeah. And, and the other thing that struck me, so basically, guys, every owner, coach, GM, with maybe few exceptions, and I and I believe they bring top. It's it's the meetings, the competition right. committee meets, the coaches get together and talk about things that maybe in the future will go to the competition committee. What they need to address the league on, you know, the owners meet about whatever crazy rich people do, all this stuff, right? Um, I almost had so a bad you, joke. But most right. of them, specifically at this time of year, it, it's, it rotates, but it's always – and it hasn't existed in the last two years, but it's always in a tropical or really right. nice – Either location. the bit more in Phoenix or yeah. down there in West Palms. It's never and in somewhere cold. Because it's the time of year, you know, a lot of – and not that you wouldn't anyway, but they, they kids are on spring break and they bring their kids, they bring their family. So they, they work a couple hours a day and they get to relax. And I don't know if it was Zach Taylor's kids or someone else's kids, but some little kids ran into me, this, like literally ran into me this morning coming around the corner, and they're wearing Cincinnati Bengals AFC North champion hats. Oh, and I'm like, this yeah. this is weird. This is, It's been a weird two years. <laughs> yeah. What's stranger than that? Right? Yeah, I mean, I, the coach's picture that I just looked at before you and I started talking, I was waiting for my computer to reboot since I've been using it in about two weeks. It's crazy just to see, like, like, if you look at that coach's picture, say, a decade ago, and you look at it now, and without doing the math or without, you know, going out of my way to do it, you can just tell the age um, the median age of an NFL head coach has changed drastically in the last decade is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an ever moving and ever changing league. And to start the Deshaun Watson conversation, I would just say that the reason above all else that the Browns made this move is they were stuck at the game's most important position. And it, it, it was partially about Baker, but it was more about the big picture, the premium, the opportunity, the fact that everybody's chasing, right? Less than half the league has one. By one, I mean an outstanding, good enough to win it all quarterback. Two, two in your division and a bunch of them spread across the, the conference, more than playoff spots. Right. And so 
That's what it came down to. Well, they saw that opportunity. They knew that opportunity wasn't going to be there. So there are other layers to it, and we will well, get to get a bunch down. of them. Let me say that if we're going right in, I was going, I was going to slowly walk in, but I guess this is what everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, I think when we do this Deshaun Watson conversation, it's got to be twofold because um, there's a lot of there's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of gray areas. Completely, to be completely honest, and I think to have the conversation the right way, and, and we don't have it all figured out, and I don't have all the right answers. Um, but you guys do know that we'll be honest. I think you have to have a football conversation, and then you have to have a. <sighs> A, football, a world conversation almost, right? Because football-wise, and I said this to someone else or someone on another radio station, football-wise, you kind of explained why these things had to happen. And I think within most football organizations, and hell, not football, all organizations that, that, that deal with sports that are a business, that are a moneymaker, you have to make decisions where morals and where – I always make the joke, half these owners would never in a million years sit in the same room as these guys that give millions of dollars if they didn't help make the money, right? I mean, the average Joe that's on, I was watching Hard Knocks from last season on the plane coming home last night, and I just chuckled to myself because Jerry Jones wouldn't hang out with any of these guys, but they put on that star in their helmet. He's one of their favorite guys till they cut him. It's a different world. And football-wise, with what Deshaun Watson is talent-wise, and as Zach just explained very well, um, I don't have to put down the guy before him. He's not, he's not good enough to get you over the hump. He may be good enough to get you close. He may be good enough to, you know, win, to surprise a couple teams. But over the long haul, it's proven he can't do what these other guys do. Then you throw in a, a, a shitty attitude, a person, you know, a person that feels like they're above everyone else. Um, and it's not about putting him down, but it's true. It's easier to deal with guys that have some, 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 some things that hold them back when they are a great teammate, when they are a great person, when they are a person that leads and, and, you know, and doesn't have their wife you know, sending out text messages in the background or sending out tweets or whatever. Football-wise, this was a move that the organization felt like it had to make. I find one quote that I saw this morning, and you may know more about this, that some owners are, are really mad at the, the Haslams for not only making the move but giving the money that they gave to them. Now, I, I will say the money part and how they structure the contract. And I'm not, and look, and that's the one thing I'm not going to do. I'm not going to call him guilty. I don't, none of us know. So many people were talking out of their ass. None of us really know what has happened. And that's, to be honest, that's the toughest part. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, because if he is guilty of any of this, then, then, I, then he does deserve all the scorn that he's getting. If he's not guilty in the way he spoke to me, because I heard even Jason Lloyd, and, and when I say Jason Lloyd's name, it's not to fight him or to be mad at him because I'm not. But Lloyd put in his story kind of like, you know, he didn't like how – I don't, and I'm not quoting it verbatim because it was a couple days ago when I read it. And my head, my, my head is mush right now. I got in at 4 in the morning last night. Um, but he just basically said, he, you know, he thought that, that Deshaun was very – not demonstrative. What was it? I can't think of the word he used, so I'm not, I'm not quoting it correctly. But the first thought I had, I almost text Jason, but I was laying at the pool and it was 95 degrees and it wasn't worth it. <laughs> if I'm not guilty, I'm going to be the same exact way. You know, like, and judging yeah. that press conference is very difficult for me because, number one, we got to stop judging fucking press conferences. Well, hold that right there. Because okay. Jason and I spent, like, an hour talking about this, and I've played this in my head, right? Right. Like, we try to tell you guys all the time that the press conference is supposed to be just something that happens. It's not supposed right. to be graded, dissected on Twitter. Thank you. Right? But, but this was clearly not 
the Wednesday press conference in week seven when you play the Bears, right? Or no, even week 10 when you play the Steelers and your season's at stake. Um, this was an event like no other. This was a necessary thing that the Browns needed to do to address their fan base, right? That Deshaun Watson needed to do right. to address the team that he's going to play, you know, the fans. Right. And that, it needed to happen. And I, can I say happen. this real quick? Can I say and, and And in one ways, I want to jump them and say, I feel like they took too long to get to it. But with so many other things going on, Around him, I guess that's how it had to go. I guess. Well, I mean, here's the facts. that They wanted to do it earlier in the week. He had two depositions he had to do. Right. So, like. And I the mean, owner's not being there. Yeah, so. That didn't address come that. Off well. like, okay. That's a bad look. There's no justifying it. The reason is the Haslam's were out of the country on something that they, and it's not like me and you waiting on United to get our flight back from London. They could get back, yes. But right. the press conference needed to happen before the owners' meetings because Kevin Stefanski is required to speak to the media and the others are. Right? right. And so they didn't want to let that hang out. They wanted to do it earlier. Deshaun had the depositions. He turned out he wasn't getting to Cleveland until Thursday. So, yes, there was great care and caution and preparation put in by the organization. There was an understanding of the importance of it. It, it. it was going to be a press conference like no other, that there were going to be awkward moments and that every inch was going to be dissected, right? But there were also things that just had to go on that, that made it that format. So I'm not justifying. I don't know exactly what the Haslam's business was, but the calendar and the realities of what he's dealing with, guilty or not guilty, made it so that window was the only window. I get it. And then the Greg Newsom, I felt bad for Greg Newsom, who ends up going to the Cleveland Sports Award show. He's a rookie. And because of all these other circumstances you mentioned, he kind of gets thrown in the, you know, thrown in the, he's the first one that's got to say anything. Not fair. And, and like you said, there were a lot of hurdles and there's a lot of, a lot of things to unwind as to why it went that way, but not fair that the first comments really made by this by a player on the team is a rookie from Northwestern who's just showing up at a Cleveland Sports Award and has no idea what he's walking into. Yeah, um, but to an extent, these guys are all walking into to this, right? Because as long as it hangs out there, people are going to have to to answer for it and to it. You know, um, the mixed feelings on the outside, who's to say there aren't on the inside? Oh, I'm right? sure there are. In the locker yeah. room. I mean, you know, I, I think the, the people who spoke for the Browns, and it was Andrew Barry as the front man. It, it, was, it was the Haslam's too. Um, you know, they, they addressed a lot of people on the inside and in, in how – how it was. Um, I would just say this, you know, some of you idiots are going to break down every press conference and act like it's a game. And it's just, it's sad, even though it's not totally your fault. It remains sad that your rival remains Tony Grossi and not the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you're a Browns fan who chose, who chooses that route. But like, I thought the questions were outstanding for the most part and good on the Browns as well for letting it go on, letting, because you have to do this, and then move on to, right. to a certain extent, right. Right? right? Like this morning, we talked to Kevin Stefanski three hours ago now, as I sit here and talk to you from, from Florida. And like, it's still there and it's going to be, but we were able to talk football and that just has to be that. So Dre, I guess what my thought would be, if you're one of those people that says you're done with the Browns because of this, that is your right. I completely respect it and I understand it. That's cool. Same time, if you're way on the other end, you know, what is this pot? This is always a truth in the middle podcast, yeah. right? Um, it is a football decision. It was a necessary one. It was a unique one. 
there are like you can't ignore some of the layers to this. Anybody can go on and read the stuff. Everybody knows what's going on. All of that, right? Um, there is tremendous risk in this decision by the Browns. There is nothing given but, on, on several levels, right? That's life. Yes. I mean, I, I, like, yeah, there's risk. There is risk drafting Baker Mayfield. Yeah. No, and the no risk doubt. may be different. But I, I got to say this, if, if, just to go off of what you're saying, and I want to say this carefully and say it correctly, to the people that are walking away from the sport now or from the game or from the team now, it goes back to the conversation you and I have had multiple times about this. I do not, and, and I can't pick and choose and tell you how to feel about something. You can't, and people can't make me feel a certain way about something. I don't understand or get how this changes from whether it be Kareem Hunt, right. whether it be what the owners have done to people that were less than them. You know, there's a big, yeah. like, like what happened to Colin Kaepernick? There are a lot of things that are happening in our country and in our world, and, 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 and if we, we can't – like, for me, I can't base my moral basis off of professional sports. Specifically a team owned by the Haslams. Let's just Specifically, say that. Thank you. Specifically <laughs> a team owned by that group of people. And when you look at what they've said, when you look at the – like, even the owner calling Sashi Brown uh, – Obama. Obama. Like, that's not cool. That's not – that's wrong how they made all their money and what they were accused of. That's using people as well. And they were pretty much guilty. I just don't understand. And, and I guess what I, I, every time I hear someone say that, and I know we're in a reactionary world nowadays. And really, I, and I got to admit, the last two, three years has changed my, changed my outlook on and how I feel about groups of people, not all the people, but I feel like we, there, we have a lot of posers in our world. A lot of people love to run to Twitter and love, run, run to certain places and say they stand with Ukraine, but then when you, you give, let them get over in the road, you know, they give you the finger. You know, they put a flag up or they say certain things on Twitter or put something on their Twitter base that, you know, to make themselves sound like a good person, but they're an asshole in everyday life. I feel like we have a lot of posers in life. And to me, to react, and like, I get it. Like, when you read, when, if, 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 when you read what supposedly happened, I, if your stomach doesn't turn a little bit, you, you're not human, right? I get that part, yeah. but is this the first time you've read about what's, and then some people go, well, it's the position, but that see, to me, that's a backwards ass way of looking at things too. So it's okay for the left tackle to do this type of stuff. Yeah. It's okay for a linebacker to get accused, to get accused of this type of stuff. Yeah. Like, like, I just don't, I don't understand if that's really what you're into that you really aren't paying attention and you're picking and choosing when you want to, when you want to put your morals into something. Yeah. And that's Look. part of what's wrong in our country. I feel like. And, and I don't want to go that deep, but, you know, shit, we just went through a president that was grabbing him by the pussy, and, and we got, I still see flags flying all over the damn place. And I still see hats all over the place. I just I find it very crazy when we pick and choose when it's okay to have morals and when it's not okay to have morals. Either have them all the time. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll stop there. That, well, that's right. my no, first well, look, part. The facts are. That the moment the first grand jury declined to indict, 13 teams showed interest in Deshaun Ready to go. Ready okay. to go. <laughs> of those teams, four or five got to the, let's actually do this tango. Right. And in the end, there were three. Right? Um, and despite, there's only one way to read it, that the Browns gave them the best contract and whatever. The Browns also did have the best football situation, you know, if yeah. us sitting here looking at rosters and, and all of that. By the way, Deshaun, that was a bad lie, bro. That was a bad – he had a couple of really bad <laughs> <Yeah>. moments. <laughs> like, come on, man. You, if you pick the Browns in the media, like 
Well, but we're sitting here saying, yeah, but you know, while, while we're sitting here saying it, it, it's awkward and it's ugly because it is like when he gets asked why he had so many mis- massage therapists and he says, because of social media, like that's, that could go down as the worst answer of that all time. That was a bad answer. Terrible. I know it was, you know? but I'm going to say as far as the contract, I'm not, it, it does feel slimy and I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent. Not that <laughs> I, know I just stumbled into a terrible sentence. It'll keep me up at night, but um, see, you're a human being. It's okay. See, no. it happens. Um, there is precedent for the Brown structuring contracts like this. And part of the reason is when they made this trade, they wanted that extra year right off the bat. Now, is that partially suspension? But if you're giving up three ones and sticking your neck out there and doing this, you want that extra year. That, that's business. Right. That's it was all business. They that, they, yeah, they, it's they, all they, business. They, this kid, they, this is all business. So yes. So it is it, that that part does feel slimy that they that they gave him coming off of what he's coming off of the richest contract in history, and that they gave him the option to lose as little money as possible if if he is suspended, and and we don't know. Um, that's like that's like begging a girl that's got a husband already. You just you're like you're like I'll throw away fifty dollars if you if you come to me like like. Yeah, it, it's look, though, like I said, it's business. This whole thing is this, right? And, and, I, and I told, I said this in other interviews, and I told you this, this, folks, this is one of the few podcasts where we actually spoke to each other yeah. directly, not in text or in anything else before we got on because we understand this. And I don't want to be flip about any of it, just like I don't want to declare anyone guilty or awful or whatever, other than what's what's already out there. We can point right. you to to the light, right? Right. Um, you know, the Browns watched the playoffs too. The Browns, their yeah. job is to know this. Paul DePodesta has been employed by this team longer than anybody else has been that's crazy. except for Joel You're Antonio right. and Phil Dawson. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? His job was to get them to this moment, to have them ready for this moment if it, if it came up. And they looked and they said, we can't win with the current guy and we know what's hanging out there. And it's a storm. And it's not the storm of, of 22 civil suits alleging sexual assault. I get it. But for their function, they needed to go. And they looked at Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And they looked at Mitchell Trubisky, and I could keep going on and on. I don't need to. They, they even looked at next year at C.J. Stroud. Just stop. Just stop. Think they they, get they got a top five quarterback in the NFL, and they were willing to, they were willing to yes. sell their soul for it. And so, like I said, I, I'm not going to be flip <laughs> about it. I'm going to tell you I sat in that press conference, and it was not awkward being back in the building. It just it had this weird feel. And then when they walked in and you could see the seriousness on Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski's face, it had this weird feel. I was still able to look over and say, well, it's about time the quarterback is taller than the guys running the team. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, and, and, like and you look, <laughs> this still hangs out. This is a risk for the Browns on so many levels, football and non-football, right? Um, the truth is they could be 12 and 5 or they could be 6 and 11. We, we don't know what's going to happen with the suspension, with the fit, with everybody being healthy, with – all of this stuff. Um, they plunged three first-round picks, six picks in total for a player and a six-back, you know, a six-round pick. Yeah. Um, it's it's almost without precedent. It's part of the crazy offseason. I was going to say, but it fits with this whole offseason, though. Yes, they said, we need this guy, and this guy can get us to where they want to go. So um, I've been here for like 36 hours. Um, there wasn't much in the way of official business, at least for me yesterday. Stefanski talked Monday morning. We will hear from the Haslam's later today. This is Monday afternoon again. 
Tomorrow we will ask Andrew. We will get to talk to Andrew Barry, and I plan to ask him about that opening statement, Dre, and and how much he wrestled with that. And right. you know, it, it was a press conference like like no other, like no other. And this is <laughs> a situation like no other. But the facts are, guys, and, and like I said, you're feel free to to jump off board. I'm not going to argue with you on one bit. Um, you know, in three weeks from today the players show up for the off-season program and there'll be a couple of interview sessions and they'll be about football. Let me you know, ask you a question. Four weeks from Thursday, uh, there's yeah. a draft and it'll be about football, right? right? And they'll, they will be going through over the next four weeks some less than savory characters and making decisions. Oh, on doing the Browns have drafted way worse. We can, we can do stories on that. Let me ask you a question. And I don't have the answer. I'm, I'm really just ask, asking a question. If, big if, Oh, man, St. Vincent, St. Mary, I just got a tweet. Their season opener is canceled. I can't believe it for baseball team. <laughs> it's like legit snow on the ground, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been postponed today. The varsity team will make the game up tomorrow at 329 at Madison. I might go out there and check them out since I'm back home, but it's too cold for me. I'm, I got to do cold baseball. We'll get to baseball later. True question. I don't have the answer, but I'm curious as to how you'll answer this, and I'm not trying to put you on a spot, and if you don't feel right, you know, you, you know how to talk around things. Um, if the cases continue going the way they've gone for Deshaun Watson. And, you know, and it comes back that he isn't giving money to any, anyone that's accused him of things. And it comes back that he's not guilty and not charged with anything. And the NFL, let's say they, let's say they, fi- they suspend him for two games or a game. What's the reaction and how do we go forward in talking about this? I mean, I think the next central talking point, if you just talk using that, is is where we're we're going um, here. It is when the suspension comes or doesn't come. Mm-hmm. You know, the the other layer to this, Dre, is there is precedent for the NFL suspending guys without charges. Mm-hmm. You know, based on their own findings and based on accusations. Right, uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Zeke Elliott come to mind, but there's also, you know, the chance that they either don't suspend him until the cases are settled or they do. And one gets settled and then he gets suspended late in the year. And you know, that then we're, we're talking about it's business and it's football. And so, I mean, I think some of us, I was part of this assumed when we saw the contract and we followed this to a certain extent, like he's going to get two or four, it's going to be at the beginning of the year. The Browns will try to win one or two. Right. And then they'll play and they're going to need time anyway. Right. But I just go off of that because I, like I, I go back to this, we were at the game where Ben Roethlisberger came back, mm-hmm. and he was way more guilty so far than Deshaun Watson, and it just was there was nothing to it. Maybe we're so close to it that it rings. We're, we've seen and heard things that we haven't seen in the past with certain things. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. In the NFL, at, and, and this has been reinforced in the last two weeks. We can't predict two weeks from now, two months from now, let alone two years. But right. this move was made with the idea that he would be here for a long time will help the Browns win for a long time. And you could see the playbook start to develop on Friday. They're going to hang their hat on him being involved in the community, you mm-hmm. know, directly that he was involved in the community directly. There's another one of his really awkward answers on Friday, but that's uh, something that, but it, in the past he has been, yes, but no right. one's and heard so that's that. what no they're going to do. So, but nobody's paid attention. You know, to I, I totally understand thing. what you're asking, but you also understand there's really no answer for it because there's going to be some people that aren't going to change that have their mind time. made up. I know. Um, there's some people that there's there's some people that, that he's guilty no matter what going forward. Mm -hmm. And, and that's just how people are. 
And there's some people that feel like he's not guilty of anything. And the thing is, none of us really know. No, we don't. And, and, and you know, um, Dwayne Bray, who's a Clevelander, writes for – he worked at ESPN forever. Um, I, I don't know exactly his role at ESPN now, but I know he writes for the Undefeated, and I know they've changed the Undefeated. They've changed it a couple times with different names or whatever. But if you get a chance, I tweeted it out last week. I retweeted it. If you get a chance, read his story because – he said a lot of things I wanted to say, and, and this is kind of how I'll, I'll leave the other side of this. Um, as a black man in America, I want to be an advocate, and I want to stand for anybody that feels like they've been treated less than in America, because we all need to have each other's backs, whether you're gay, whether you're transsexual, whether, whether you're white, whether you're female, whether you're male. I want to stand with you. I want to help you. I, I don't want to be a person that, that, that clowns you and, and gets on the joke train with everybody else when you're going through the worst moment. I'm not the perfect person and I've made and I've made bad decisions in my life and I'll make more. I hope I don't make a ton. And I guess and Dwayne Bray said this and when as I read it, it hit home of if Deshaun Watson is guilty of, of some of the things that he's been you know accused of, you know, as I told a guy in Goodyear, Arizona, when he ran up to me with his kids and my kids were in my and my son and my daughter with me, I said, These are a good time to talk to your kids. To talk to him. If your kid wants a Deshaun Watson jersey, it's a good time to have a conversation with your son and daughter about that because that's what I've done and I will continue to do. But the main thing Dwayne Bray was saying was that I want to stand up because he's a season ticket, a Brown season ticket holder. He drives from out of, out of this. He takes flights in, takes drives in. He's a, he's a Clevelander, but he doesn't live here anymore, but he's a, he's a ticket holder. And, for, and, I'm, and I'm saying this myself because as I read it, I realized this is what I want to do and this is how I want to handle it. I don't know what happened to Deshaun Watson's case. I'm not, I'm not going to foolishly sit here and say I'm, not, I'm done with football or I'm done with the Browns or any of that stuff. But rather than all of that stuff, I'm going to sit here and say that I want to be a better advocate for any woman or women that have gone through any type of sexual assaults in their life, whether it's me putting money into in places that can help them, whether it's going to places. that like That's the next step that I feel like as a person I need to take because me standing in front of this mic yelling and screaming and, and thinking I know more than somebody else or the situation is not right. But if I can daily or monthly and yearly do that, then that to me is more than me sitting here tweeting at people and fighting people about what we don't know about. Right. I mean, in a football argument, sometimes there's a winner, right? Right. Like in this one, we don't know. So it just goes in circles, right? And, and like, regardless if he did it or did not, there are a lot of women that need they need men to stand up for them. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I get that. And I want to. Because what I hate is, no matter how I have this conversation, there's a group of people that come at you and go, well, I can't believe you don't stand. No, I do stand up for women. I do. Like, if, they, if something's happened, I do want to stand and be there for them. But I also have to stand up for men that have been accused of things that they haven't done either. Because that's happened as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, this look, this is going to... Um, open back up questions for Kareem Hunt. His incidents have not been mentioned in two years. Right. Right. And, and he seems like he's come off as a pretty decent guy since Ab- from what we've absolutely has. Right. Right. Um, you know, and, and that's the question. Do are, and I, like uh, second chances? Are they real? And why do, who gets to pick who, who like, because we were talking about this. Well, your like, talent so, level has a lot is yeah. proportion to your second chances. That's right. Sure. Because like if you or I did it, maybe I never get to be on TV. Maybe if we get accused of what he's been accused of, maybe I don't get to be on TV anymore, but I still probably get a second chance to live life in America. Right. You know, maybe I get to go work at a gas station or, or something. Who knows? 
you know, who gets to pick and choose what a second chance looks like? Right. But you just said it. Talent. Sure. <laughs> like, sure. Kareem Hunt couldn't break tackles and couldn't block, you know, defensive ends when he's asked to or middle linebackers the way he can. His second chance wouldn't be in a, in a, in a professional football uniform. Right. I mean, we remember Ray Rice, right? And we remember the initial suspension before the video and all that. Right. Um, Ray Rice was a declining player. Mm-hmm. So he Being didn't get a chance. That's why he didn't get a second chance, because he was no longer the player he was three, four years prior to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's about individual views, beliefs, and where you think. Um, and again, like in the quest not to be – I'm not going to sit here and say people will certainly be back because I feel like they will, but I'm not going to speak for everybody. Right. You know, Um, I want to cover a football team. (laughs) I want to get on the podcast and talk about football and basketball. I understand that in both cases, there's more things touched. The Browns understand there's plenty of tentacles to this and that all windows, a bunch of windows remain open. Let's be honest. Since since the Haslam's come in, covering that team and, and things make decisions made, off the field have been a little different and not yeah. shocking. I'm just like straight up. They, they are willing to do, and they're not the only ones. Like you said, what 13 teams were in line for this. Four teams were really in line for this and willing to change everybody's salary on the team. <laughs> like, like, you know, like the, 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 the Browns aren't the only ones, you're but the gonna get him or you're going to play against him. Right. right? One or the other. Or you're either going to get him or you're going to convince yourself that you love Jimmy Garoppolo or Marcus Mariota. Right. And that's that's life, folks. That's that's the world that we live in. I mean, look, you know, the Browns don't reveal anything, anything. You guys know that. If you listen to this, you know that, right? Um, when they come out and say five month journey, like Andrew did not say that lightly. And journey meant all of the things involved with it, right? He probably meant some of the uncertainty and, and uneasiness that's still involved with it. Right. Right. But they started looking and they said, there's not going to be a player of this caliber available at this position. And it always a quarterback. We talk about it all the time. It's not tackle or tight end, tight end one or tight end two. All right. You see it now. Part of the reason they can't trade Baker is teams are delicate with their quarterback rooms. Teams worry about how people feel, how they fit your personality, all of these things. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so let me get to one thing here because I yeah we we do appreciate you guys. And we do, and we'll we, continue we talking wish. about this because this conversation isn't completely over. Um, no, and and we wish that we could have done one, and maybe there was one time, but honestly, right. Dre's in it the one part of the country working and with his kids. I'm right chasing the, this was a this this week's been a year for me, right? Yeah. Um, when Chris Mortensen said the adult thing, and so many mm-hmm. of you said Zach's been saying that. <sighs> Yes, I have. And yes, it is true. I've had people attacking me about that. We've been saying it for two years. Yes. <laughs> right. And and you and like argue um <laughs> like look, there is not a person in the Browns organization that directly said that to me. Me saying that was based upon various conversations with various people who were Let me, wait, wait, let me say it this way for you. And my You've own covered the league. You've covered the yes. league for a very long time. You have a very good sense of what's going on within an NFL locker room, an NFL team, because it's what you've done since you were 21, 22 years old. You have a brother that's a coach, a father that played college football. You've been around sports your whole life. It's not that hard for us to read some of this stuff. We don't need somebody to tell us Correct. this is our lives. This is what we do. <laughs> like, it's not that hard to see. So I just wanted to, you know, where, where that came. But guys, it was true. Like 
they they've told you we were long breaking up with Baker Mayfield. And, and it's not like we're getting any pushback on that because those people either quit listening long ago or, or they understand. <laughs> right. Um, and now like that failure is hurting the Browns because they have 2.3 million in available cap space and he's holding up 19 and he's not going to be on the team. Are they going to have to pay half of that? Cause that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I would say maybe a little less than half or maybe a draft pick. I, you know, it's certainly a hard one. So, um, we'll see. <laughs> Well, I think after the draft is what it sounds like. I mean, Seattle yeah, knows. If you're the, basically, what it comes down to is if you're the Seahawks, you're not you're not tipping your hand right now no. in the draft or limiting any of your options by taking him on, right? You know you can make that trade on Saturday of the draft if you right. pass on a quarterback. And, and this is part of the whole deal. Like, this quarterback class is not good. So teams are looking, and the Browns were looking and saying, hmm, well, I mean, yeah, not shocking. And and you you know what you got you kind of came out towards the end of the season. It was like it's going to be difficult to get or do it to get just anybody. Yeah, and, and you know, like and and so they you know they, they weren't hey, getting fired over Baker Mayfield. No, exactly. Are they ultimately going to get fired over Deshaun Watson? We don't know. Like I said, I I they had to take that roll of the dice. I they knew the they were going to get fired. They kept the statue. Yeah, I think the Browns can win a bunch of games, and I think the Browns could be an abject freaking disaster. And that's. And that has been Berea since 1999. Yeah. Well, it hasn't always been that they can win a bunch of games. <laughs> yeah, true. The second part is true. But right? and and like and I think that's what they have to overcome. And I think that's why they're willing to pull the trigger on something like this. As much as many jokes as we've made in Berea in December and, and podcasts we've made. Yes. At the end of the day, they knew it, they had to take the swing and or miss, or it was going to be just the same old Browns. Yes. They were willing yes. to take this swing, this swing, this huge swing because I, I'll say this: I'm not the biggest fan of the owner but i'll give him this he's willing to try and do whatever it takes to get get the the smear off of his name and who he is and he's willing to do no about anything to do it dre this is this is 10 years this summer's 10 years since they bought the team you think you think they really needed a whole bunch of sean watson convincing no no and i mean and they're willing to take on what's coming right now because they know what the other side of this is they go and, to the breakers and, a whole lot more often than i do but they see the Bengals afc championship hats too Oh, yeah, right. and that's a punch in the stomach. There's some symbolism there. Very much so. Very much so. And, and you know what? Let's see how this works out. And it could be it, it could be a cool time to be a Browns fan. And, it's going, and I hope, and I know social media is not the way to judge everything and everybody. But really, the last thing I'll say about this is, is rather than pounding the salt and bitching and forth, back and forth on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Let's all look in the mirror and have some real talks about what life is and, and, and where we're at. I know in, in, in Arizona, I had to do that, whether it was talking with Tito and different coaches and different players, because that's the thing. This, this is one of those stories that it's bigger than just this podcast. Everybody has, an, has, a, everybody has, a, has a thought about this, right, mm-hmm. or is curious about this. And I talked to Tito about this, and I've talked to different PR people, players, people like you, at some point in time, and I have to do this as a father with the daughter and with the son. Certain people get diff- played by different rules. Certain people get treated certain ways. And we've talked about this with whether it be LeBron James, whether it be with Derek Jeter, whether it be with any athlete that is uh, that, that these AAU kids have just thrown everything at 16, 15 years old. I don't know Deshaun Watson personally. But I have been around professional athletes in high-level high, high college sports for a long time. We 
as a nation treat certain people differently and never say no to them. And they get away with doing things that other people never could do. And I think a lot of times when some of those things come to light, the average American freaks out is, you know, it can't believe it, but this is what we've built. And I'm not just talking about the Deshaun Watson situation. I'm just talking about how we adore athletes and adore stars that we see on TV a lot of the times and not, and, and for better or worse, not realizing they are human beings. And if you give human beings certain things that you don't give others, they're going, it's just like raising a, a pet or anything else. Their expectations for what they think you're going to give or do for them is different than what it is for the rest of us. Yeah. Um, I got like three minutes. I'm going to say one thing too, since this is our podcast, my name's on it too. Okay. <laughs> it is. Um, do it. It's been a tough couple of weeks for the Zach doesn't know shit crowd. <laughs> that being said, they've had some good weeks. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm entirely on board with this. From a football standpoint, I am. And I have said all along, I do not think Andrew Barry is the second coming. We need to keep the brake pedal handy. But I do think he's really good at his job. And I think mm-hmm. one thing that makes him really good is that he's super smart and he's a good listener and that he trusts the people around him, that he lays things out. He gets the opinions that he sees. There's a vision for this team and how it gets there. No doubt. I would love to cover a team that's a real contender. What's happened the last two times the Browns have been entered season is people thinking they're contenders, Trey? They've fallen completely apart. They've fallen on their face and been exposed. Yep. For 20-some years, this has been the laughing stock of professional sports. Yep. Again, there's risk here. The future is wide open, and it's tied to legal hearings, and NFL decisions, <sighs> and a guy who hasn't played in a year – coming into a completely new situation with this life burden on him, whether he deserves all of it, some of it, or none of it, right? Nothing different than what the owners took on when they took and bought the team. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, this we said there didn't know if the and, owner could be the like, owner. I'm, I, I'm saying this, yes, yes I'm going to toot my own horn because I, I got a chance to, but, like, why am I excited as hell from where I sit? Well, one, the other guy's gone. And two, like – when you cover a team and you're me, I, I can't speak for everybody, I guess. But the thought that they could win 12 or the thought that they could win six, that's fascinating. That's fun. That's yeah. that's cool. You know? Like, I don't know how the NFL is going to do the schedule with this loaded-ass AFC. With right. Deshaun facing a possible suspension. With Tyreek Hill changing teams. I mean, it's been madness in the NFL. Madness. Eight. Complete. The Browns are one of eight teams that doesn't have a first-round pick, Dre. Yeah. Fuck them picks. <laughs> I hear you. Andrew I Barry's mean, never said fuck mean. in his life, but he's up there saying fuck them picks. <laughs> I had to say it. <laughs> um, I will say this. If we're, we're patting ourselves on the back, we won't do that a ton. We'll try to get another podcast in this week um, because I got a week of being home and then baseball truly starts. Um, two things. First of all, when all the Odell stuff was going on, um, the one tweet I said, and I haven't retweeted it, but I said this very calmly and it pissed some people off. And I tried to tell you guys, I said, remember the people that run this team didn't bring either one of those two guys in. And it didn't take long after the season to prove my point. They weren't their guys. Andrew Barry may have been here when Baker Mayfield was drafted, but he, that wasn't his pick. And we talked about this a few weeks before this all happened. They were not going to lose their jobs over 13 or six. <laughs> and it was really obvious to me from the very beginning. It was like they said all the right things, 
but the way they did money and the way they did every, and the way they called plays screamed to me he ain't our guy and that's per- come true perfect segue as, as we get out of here because i got 90 seconds um you know, I don't think Odell's coming back to the Browns. I don't think the Browns think Odell's coming back to the Browns. I know it's been out there. He he left an open-ended tweet or something, and John Johnson said it on Instagram. First of all, he's not going anywhere for a while because – He can't play. You know, he, he can't, can't play. play. for a year. Um, stranger things have happened. And, and Stefanski even said it this morning in a, in a different answer. Like, you don't know in this league. You never know what September and October is really going to look like, right. right, as far as the situation. But that's – it's not happening, and it's probably fantasy land. And the thought that Baker's going to land on the Steelers is fantasy land. Guys, the Steelers play the Browns? Did, did anybody watch those two games last year, first and foremost? The Steelers have a culture and a way they do things? They would kick did he anybody watch those two games last he year? Wouldn't make it to, he wouldn't make it to Sunday, the way he, he treats people. They would kick his ass before they got to Sunday. How about this? How about eight – how about – Four really bad quarters from the Pittsburgh Steelers and a couple good ones before it that allowed him to sit their starters in week 18. Right. That changed the course of the Cleveland Browns franchise in multiple ways. It's almost like they did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, quickly, I got to say this about baseball. We'll do a baseball second. Maybe we'll preview the season later on this week. Um, really Probably not, but go ahead. The, yeah, it's about more about the job itself. Um I just want to say thank you. It's a blessing to be back in, uh, in, in locker rooms and, and, and to be face-to-face talking to guys. Um, it's been a big burden off of my shoulders, and I've been, been much happier that I've been able to go back to, quote-unquote, normally doing my job. I know you talked about being in the facility in Berea last week and how much that just changes how you do your job. Um, I know being – and I was, allowed in, I was allowed to do a, some stuff last year, but to li- just walk in a clubhouse and talk to people and look them in the eye and have conversations and, and knowing that, Next week, you know, I'm getting on a bird and we're back to being with the team fully. Um, I'm very appreciative of it. I'm appreciative of MLB realizing the importance of having reporters. Um, and I, and I'm really speaking for other reporters because I was still pretty close. But I appreciate MLB being realizing the importance of what we do. And hopefully that comes out in our coverage because I know we are excited um, with our group that we're back with the team. I, you know, Matt and I, we were flying back last night and somebody asked him how it was. And he said, it's just the greatest thing is we could go sit in Tito's office and just bullshit with him like we always used to, that we can, you know, go find out about a player, talk to a player about his background and not try to have to set up a Zoom and try to, you know, that that's huge. And I appreciate it. And I hope every guy, gal that, that is a journalist gets to get back to that point in time. And I hope the people that listen and watch and read um, realize how important that part of the job is and appreciate it as it comes back, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, we need access, that's for sure. We don't do it without an audience. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Hey, whatever you believe, whatever you think, we're cool. Whatever your situation is, we support it. We want everybody to win. We mean that. We appreciate the the tweets and everything. We're dying for a pod. Like, thank you. Um, you know, just keep in mind we have a lot of fun doing this. We we are hoping to get to the point where we can do this all the time, all all the all the time. We'll see how that goes. But um, above it all, remember one thing: Baker Mayfield was so bad that Doug Deacon had to quit. Talk to you next time. <laughs>